The manifesto of this book is that you need a side hustle. You need more than one source of income, even if you love your job, and it's not that hard to do it. There's a process, and if you've tried to do it before and you failed, well, I've failed at lots of things, but you should try again. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to go out and acquire a ton of new skills. If you're not an app developer, don't try to develop an app. Let's figure out what you're good at and find a way to translate that into something. Chris Gillibo is back this week on the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. My name is Rich Roll. I am your host. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. The show where each and every week for the last five years, I have dug deep to bring you compelling conversations with some of the most inspiring paradigm-breaking change makers all across the world. And today I got a treat for you. I sit down once again with the amazing Chris Gillibo. Longtime listeners will remember our first conversation from, I think it was September of last year, episode 247. And that was a conversation all about how to live an unconventional life, about the art of nonconformity. And if you missed it, it was deep, it was honest. I highly recommend you guys check it out, especially if you're new to Chris as we go into his backstory in depth on that occasion. For those newer to the show, Chris is the author behind a number of books you may know well, including the New York Times bestselling $100 Startup. I still see this book in every airport bookstore all over the country. Uh, The Art of Nonconformity, Born for This, and the happiness of pursuit. Chris is also a modern day explorer. He visited all 193 countries before the age of 35, and he runs one of the most widely trafficked blogs on the internet, The Art of Nonconformity at chrisgillibo.com, where he writes about how to live an unconventional life in a conventional world. In addition, Chris is the founder and ringmaster of something called the World Domination Summit, which is a truly spectacular conference held annually in his hometown of Portland. I had the honor and the pleasure of being a keynote speaker at WDS this past summer. And I can honestly say, as somebody who has spoken at a lot of events, it was one of the most impressive, professional, and moving experiences of my life. You guys should all check it out next summer. Today, Chris and I hone in on a specific topic, the hows and whys behind developing a side hustle. The title and subject of his daily podcast, as well as his brand new book of the same name, it's all about why in this current economic climate, and even if you love your job, we can all benefit from cultivating our creative entrepreneurial flair in our free time as a way to create more ownership and bring more purpose and personal meaning into our lives. So even if you're not an entrepreneur and don't feel bad if you're not, most people aren't, Chris's advice and his wisdom on this subject is apt, it's applicable to all, and I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this one. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics, and just this 
heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking Ons high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life and recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most, mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Okay, Chris, our time was a bit limited on this one. I met up with him in LA just before he gave a presentation as part of his 100 city tour for his new book, Side Hustle. But I did my best to make the most of the time. Uh, we talk about his WDS conference and my experience speaking there this past July. We talk about why everybody 
should explore having a second income besides their day job. Even if you love your job, it's not about becoming a full-fledged entrepreneur. It's about figuring out what you love, why you're good at it, and developing a practical way to turn that into some passive income. And we also talk about his recent foray into the world of podcasting, how he manages to write books, blog, produce the World Domination Summit, and put out an amazing podcast every single day, seven days a week. He puts up a new podcast episode every day, which is insane given that doing one to two episodes a week for me is essentially a full-time occupation. Finally, uh, I mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. I'm back making videos. David Zamet and I are putting up about two to three new ones each week going forward. We have big plans for the future, including eventually moving into full video versions of the podcast on YouTube. And I just posted a vlog type video that takes you behind the scenes of this very podcast and my day in general. It's called It Always Gets Done, and you can find it at youtube.com forward slash richroll. I'm also going to embed it on the episode page for this episode at richroll.com. Okay. Like I said, Chris is one of my favorite people. He's warm. He's real. He's just one of those stellar, empathetic humans that you want to hang out with and talk to all day. So let's spend an hour with him. Well, cool, man. It's good to uh, it's good to see you. Thank you for making the time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you're on day three of your hundred city uh, yeah, tour. Yeah, day that two actually. Unfold. Yeah. Yesterday was Seattle, and uh, here we are in Los Angeles. So stop number two. Right. And you're only here for like a day, right? Yeah, pretty much one city yeah. a day. Uh huh. That's so that's how it's going to work going forward. Mm-hmm. Just literally. Oh man. Yeah. It's usually it's five or six cities a week yeah. usually. I mean, I I think that would test even the most seasoned <laughs> of travelers like yourself as somebody who's flown everywhere to every country and and the yeah. like. But I know that you love it, right? You love yeah. to travel. Well, it's like I was saying. It's all I got, Rich. You know, it's like it's all I, got. I don't it's do ultra, all, ultra it's marathons. Not all you got. Chris. I don't do all the crazy stuff that you do. <laughs> so this is my endurance event. Uh huh. And um, embrace it, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. It's yeah. good. I love it. It is good. Like I. love love getting on an airplane. I like, do too. It is the closest thing to time travel that mm-hmm. we have in our mm-hmm. culture. And I just, I love airports. I like getting Me to the airport early. Same. I like Same. everything, about, even when it's delayed, like with all the hassle that comes with, yeah. you know, commercial, you know, air, air travel, I still love everything about it because mm-hmm. it's, it's packed with possibility. You know, it's like, it's exciting. Even when you're doing it all the time, like I look forward to it when people are like, oh, all the travel doesn't yeah. get you down. I'm like, no, like, sitting on a in a window seat and looking out the window right. as you're taking off and i mean it's the best it would be really hard if you didn't look forward to it right yeah, like with I all guess. the travel that you I, have to I do i guess there are a lot of people that are know, in that situation i mean i knew one guy another guy who was trying to go to every country in the world and he asked me for advice and he was like yeah i really just don't like the travel i really just don't like the i'm like <laughs> okay this is, this, the is, wrong thing. this is the wrong thing dude yeah. basically like <laughs> find something else because right. yeah right that's <laughs> funny man well before we get into talking about side hustle and and you know the new book, which I'm very excited about, great job by the way, it's Thank you. a beautiful work of art that I think is going to help a lot of people. Um, I have to say that uh, I can't believe what you have created with World Domination Summit. I'm so Thank glad you. you're able to come. I'm Thank so you, you for asking me to come and speak. It was really uh, an extraordinary experience. Not just Good. an honor to be able to like share the stage with so uh-huh. many amazing speakers, but and, and to get to know, you know, these amazing, uh, this collection of people that you, you know, sort of uh, cultivate and, and curate every year, but also like your community, man, just getting to know the people that, you know, 
weren't just there that year, but like attended year after year after year mm-hmm. after year, like some of the coolest people like I've ever met. Like you've built like a really beautiful thing. Well, it feels like it's kind of like the travel. I feel fortunate that I can do it. Like it's just, it's mm-hmm. great. So I'm really glad you were able to join us as well. I know that uh, the community really responded very well to your talk. I've actually heard from several people that have made changes in their diet and lifestyle That's cool. from, from as a result of your talk. So, yeah, good. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I mean, you know, that is how many years into it are you? You're seven. You're we just, seven. Yeah, we just did right? seven. And when you began that, I mean, could you have foreseen, like you, there's, you, you have this beautiful opera house, you got 1200 people, mm-hmm. you know, this seat there, there's not a, there's not an empty seat in the house and right. everybody is so engaged. Like how did that start and how did you, you know, continue to kind of fertilize that so that it could become what it has become? No, I don't think I could have foreseen that or, but that's also the, the through line in everything that I've done. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the things you've done as well. Like do you really have this, this vision of what your life is going to be like? And especially when you take on these kinds of projects, like, I I think the more you do them, then the more confidence you get and the more you're like, Oh, that was hard, but what's next? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for what's next. So as for how it began, you know, it's funny because, uh, people do sometimes ask like, you know, how can I put on an event? What do I need to know? You know, how do I get hundreds of people to come? The true story is like for, for that first version of world domination summit, 2011, the, the year before I had published my first book, The Art of Nonconformity, and I did a tour to all 50 states. It's kind of a precursor right. of what I'm doing now, you know? And um, I went to all 50 states because I was like going to every country in the world, so it just seemed like the right thing to do for book yeah. tour. And so I would go and I would personally invite everybody. That's the point. I would it's, go. But it satisfied your <laughs> obsessive compulsive nature, yes. like every state because every country. Right, right. right. And every province in Canada also, you know, uh-huh. and also it was, there was <laughs> a connection with community and like mm-hmm. if there's somebody in, you know, Nebraska or North Carolina or not just North Carolina, but let's say North Dakota or West Virginia or places that most people don't go to do events. So I would go to these places and I would personally invite people. I would say like, Hey, we're doing this thing next year. It's called world domination summit. And that's about all I had. I knew what to say about it because I didn't know how to put on the bed. Didn't have much more of a description. Um, it's going to be really cool and you should come basically. And so I'm personally inviting everybody. And so I tell that story because people are like, how do I get people to sign up for an event? Like you just go to all 50 States and personally invite people. It's on the ground, man. That's it. Yeah. And then that, that brought, you know, 400 people. Uh, I mean, that was like a three month effort, you know, and then 400 people came the next summer and then. Um, I think we did a decent job with the first event because like most people pre-registered to come back for the following year and then right. it kind of grew from, from there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I like that, you know, example of, of the leap of faith and, and, you know, managing, you know, expectations and just being like, is this about getting one person, mm. you know, one person at a time traveling yeah. state to state to state. I think people, it's easy for people to, you know, at a, attend an event like yours and go, well, this is what I want and right. not appreciate you yeah. know, what went into cultivating yeah. that all the care and the love. And I can't imagine the obstacles and the setbacks you must've you know, sure. faced doing sure, it. Sure. So. And every year it's like, it's, it does take a, a lot of, of my time. And, um, I, I kind of wonder sometimes like usually in the spring we hit this lull period, like mm-hmm. we have this like periods of momentum and there's a period of kind of lull and like, wow, this is a lot of time we're spending on this, but then we actually do the event and, you know, see all the people that come right. and hear the stories of how they're impacted. And it's, it's totally worth it. So I really like how there's an integrated component of service and giving back. Mm-hmm. That's like built into the fabric of it. Like when you brought all those people up on stage and talked about, like, I forget what it's called, but that package that you put together for, uh, newly settled immigrants Mm -hmm. to help them integrate into the culture. Mm -hmm. Like talk about that a little bit, because I, would never heard of that before, but that was like a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, this year our our theme was uh, building a better world. 
um, just kind of in response to a lot of stuff that's been happening in the world. And uh, every year we, we try to do something pretty significant. And, and this year we did focus on uh, this notion of immigration, in particular people that were being resettled to the Portland area because mm-hmm. we're based in Portland. And obviously we have attendees coming from around the world, but a lot of them feel a connection to Portland because they've been coming year after year. And so um, I, I just got to know this agency that is doing work with families that get resettled. And they're often from Iraq and Afghanistan, Somalia, places like that. So they come to the U.S. and they get a bit of support. They get support from the government for like six, six months. And during that time, they have to you know, find work and learn English and do all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Like it's a monumental task, right? So one of these agencies um, that we got to, to know partners with the resettlement groups and gives them like what they call a restart kit. And so the restart kit is essentially everything you need to like have a new apartment, basically, right. like all the bedding and linens and your dishes for the kitchen and like, you know, everything you would need to set up your first apartment, but it's for a family. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we as a WDS community are, are taking that mission on essentially to provide that for all the families over the next year. Wow. But it's fun. It's good. Like yeah. it's service, but it's also we're excited yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. It's great. Like, yeah. I think it's really good because you hear all these messages about immigration and refugees and, you know, you always wonder like, well, what do... Um, what do people perceive about us? You know, it's not just like our perception of them. Like think about overseas, like everybody has social media, you know, people in Somalia have cell phones, they, they hear the news. And so when these families can be resettled, like they're taking pictures of like their stuff, look at this stuff we got, you know, Americans, you know, right. gave us this. Um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. And, and counter the, message. The, the positive impact of that is so immediate. Right. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? When you deliver that, like it, it has an imp- it's, it's it's it has a very tangible, mm-hmm. um, significant, you know, short term impact on yeah. getting these people up on their feet. And yeah. working well, I just love cool. doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just uh, whether it's my personal stuff, whether it's travel or whatever or stuff like that. I just think it's it's, it's interesting. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I want to talk about side hustle. And I think <laughs> I think maybe a, an interesting way into that is to kind of talk about the shifting tectonic mm-hmm. plates of the workforce mm-hmm. at large and how our economy is changing and our relationship with work in the workplace is you know evolving as a result of technology mm-hmm. and forces beyond our control etc because right. i think that informs you know the sure. why behind you writing this book sure sure yeah i mean there's a there's a lot there. there's a lot yeah. to unpack with that so it depends on where you want to where you want to start yeah you well know? i think this idea that uh-huh. um that was kind of raised in James Altucher's book, Choose Yourself, oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. that, you know, this idea of job security mm-hmm. is now kind of an illusion. This idea that you're going to mm-hmm. work for a company and, you know, work there for 40 years. I mean, this is not the reality for right, most right. people anymore. Yeah. And in fact, this notion that you're going to get a job and have some level of security is also, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting tossed out the window to a certain extent. Yeah. And and I think that puts, you know, pressure okay. more on the individual to take greater responsibility mm-hmm. and to be more fluid and flexible with sure. how they're they're thinking about their career long term. Yeah. There's a there's a New Yorker cartoon that I show in my presentation uh, for the side hustle tour and it shows two college graduates talking to each other and one of them is saying what kind of job do you hope not to get after graduation? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So there is that. Um, I agree. I think maybe where you know I come into the picture is I've been writing about this kind of stuff for about eight years. I mean, this is my whole life. I've done side mm-hmm. hustles. I've always worked for myself in one way or another. But I think what is shifting is not just those things. I think that's been happening for a bit. I think there's a bit of a backlash to the idea that everyone should be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And that's partly where the side hustle thing comes in, because I, I feel like, yes, even though there's not great job security, et cetera, um, there's a lot of people who are actually kind of happy in their jobs. And I feel like they have been largely ignored 
by the whole entrepreneurial culture. Right. Every like if business you're not book. a startup founder, yeah. then you should be ashamed of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I really do do perceive that um, that people you know, feel that. And so a lot of the books, a lot of the resources that are out there are kind of like, Hey, quit your job, you know, quit your job, jump mm-hmm. off a cliff, you know, reinvent yourself, fire your boss, et cetera. And I'm partially guilty for this, you know, because like I wrote a book called the hundred dollar startup, which had a subtitle, like fire your boss. I think <laughs> yeah. so I didn't pick the subtitle by the way, uh-huh. you know, the publisher did, but still, so I <laughs> it's guess still the bug stopped. Yeah. With you, I know, man. I know exactly. So I feel like, um, you know, last year I did this, uh, tour for another book called born for this. And, uh, I noticed that people responded disproportionately to this concept of having a side hustle. That was like two minutes of my 30 minute talk. And I got like so many questions about mm. that. And the message was, and, and is now, uh, you know, you don't have to quit your job. In fact, you probably shouldn't quit your job without a safety net. And if you love your job, that's great too. But even if you love your job, uh, you should have more than one source of income. Mm-hmm. And so I've created this process. Um, you know, it's called from idea to income in 27 days. So that busy people who don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs, right. you know, can still create that extra source of income. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool whether you love your job or mm-hmm. you're very disaffected in that, you know, right. and, 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 and thus, you know, are being provided an outlet to, mm-hmm. you know, be more of who you would like to be through that, you know, external pursuit outside of the nine to five. Mm-hmm. So walk us through it. Like you, you kind of have this, I mean, <laughs> sure. you have, you have, you know, this, this program this mm-hmm. 27 day program sure. baked in that you kind of take people from, you know, inception through, mm-hmm. you know, execution, um, which begins with essentially like cultivating ideas, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. There's a lot that goes into, um, there's a lot that goes into it before you're making any decisions about where you're exerting that energy. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I've noticed in, a lot of research and conversations, um, people tend to struggle with one of two things. And uh, when they're trying to do this for the first time, and the first thing is, I don't have an idea. Like, I don't know what idea is good for me. Like, I don't know what kind of side hustle do I start? And I have skills, but my skills seem to be kind of confined to my career Mm -hmm. or to my degree or whatever. So how do I find ideas, right? And the second problem is I have ideas. Ideas are not my problem, you know? Maybe I have too many ideas. I just can't figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see the logical order of, of going from where I am to where I want to be. And so I you know, try to design the program to address both of those concerns. And the, the first one is, is about like understanding where ideas come from. Like where do good side hustle ideas come from? So where do they come from? From observation, from curiosity. And these are skills that are not really taught but they're also not that difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stories that I feature like on the podcast and in the book are kind of, you know, quirky or unusual. I'm not really featuring internet marketers for the most part. I'm not featuring celebrities. I'm not featuring people who are known. No, these are everyday people. You right. know? And I think that, you know, it, 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 it comes across in the podcast very well. Like it makes it very accessible and it allows the, the listener or the reader, because, you know, the stories overlap to be able to connect mm-hmm. with that journey. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to, is to present people who are relatable so that your objections are countered essentially. Mm -hmm. So that you're like, well, I I can't do that because that's Chris did that or rich or somebody else had some advantage. Uh, okay. Well then what about this next person and this person after that, you know, and this person after that. So, so tell the the great story about the fish tank guy. Oh, the fish tank guy. Yeah. Actually (laughs) kind of kick this, kick the book off with that story. And, uh, uh, it's a story of this guy in the UK, actually, and uh, he's really into fish, you know, he likes fish. So I guess if you like fish and you know a little bit about fish tanks 
And um, if you're ever going to have fish, probably the first thing you're going to Google is like fish tank, right? Or fish tank review or buy fish tank or something. So a few years ago, uh, and this guy was like a construction project manager or something. So a few years ago, this guy sets up a little blog, like a very simple WordPress blog, um, providing reviews of fish tanks, you know, uh-huh. and different little write-ups. So why this fish <laughs> tank is better than the other one or whatever, uh-huh. you know. Um, and then he, you know, linked all those products to Amazon, created an Amazon affiliate account, which anyone can do. Like it's, it's wide open and basically just kind of, kind of went away. Like he did this as a weekend project and then he kind of got sucked back into his, his work. And, you know, like a few weeks later, he gets a notification that he's getting a check in the mail for like $300. Right. And he's like, okay, that's interesting, you know? And so he spends a little bit more time, like adding some more links, some more reviews, um, over the next few months. Um, but eventually just kind of walks away from it because he's got other stuff that he does. The punchline is this, this is three years ago, three years on, he's still getting a check in the mail every single month for about $700. Right. And you know, it's just passive. It's just something that he figured out thing that he did, right. like, probably spent, you know, 10 or 12 hours on it. Exactly. Something. And so if you think about it first, you think oh, that just sounds really weird, but then you're like, okay, well, people who have fish, they, they're going to search for fish tank reviews, not a very competitive niche, mm-hmm. like not a ton of people competing for that. And, uh, here's the other point about that. Um, He's not necessarily trying to create like a million dollar business with right. That, I right? think that's a very important point. Right. You know that this is this is not you know this is not about IPOs and right. No, this is just about like let's supplement your income. Let's yeah. diversify. He a little talks bit. about being able to take an extra vacation every year with his wife. He talks about you know just it's kind of fun money. It's just exciting that right. it's that it's there. Um, so to me, it's the potential, it's the possibility of how this can affect your life in a positive way. And I see like, especially people who have always been employees and their whole income, their whole life has come from a paycheck. The first time you get that like notification, you know, from PayPal or from wherever that like money has come from this different source, it feels really, really good. Yeah. Like at the events, I often ask people like, you know, who has had that feeling and what is it like? They just like the smile comes across their face, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's very empowering. Yeah. That's cool. So what, what do you think are the qualities of a, of a good side hustle? Like how do you distinguish a good one from maybe one you shouldn't pursue? Right. So I think, you know, maybe it's a combination of two things, uh, something that you, you are somewhat motivated to do or interested in, or we can even say passionate about. Um, I think that's important in your side hustle. I think you should look forward to what you're doing and not just dread it. Mm -hmm. Um, so not just anybody could do the fish tank review thing. Um, but then the second thing is it has to be something that is marketable that other people have, you know, the other people value. And so in this example, it's like, you know, there are people searching for that information. Not a lot of other people, a lot of other people were providing it. Um, and so there you go. So curiosity and observation to go back to what we, we said a few moments ago, um, probably some other people had some idea to do something like that, but they didn't, they didn't do this it. This guy decided to do it. And it's, right, his know. ideas ultimately are easy. It's right. about executing that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, beneath what you're saying, is this idea that it doesn't have to be for everybody. Like you have this, mm-hmm. you know, section about like imagining your customer or like, you know, taking mm-hmm. your customer out to lunch or dinner or whatever. Like yeah. who is that one person that you're catering to? Right. You know, it's like, it's a pretty select group of people that are going to be interested in fish tanks. Right. right so right. the point being like, it, it shouldn't be for everybody. I mean, maybe it can be, but like, I think it's, right. if you can target in on filling a need, you uh-huh. know, where is there a void and right. something that you can do that's facile, that works, you know, within the construct of, right. you know, you, the hours that you enjoy when mm-hmm. you're not at work, 
that's, yeah. that's something to look into. And a lot of the other stories, uh, you know, in the book go on to do much more money. You know, some of them do $4,000 mm-hmm. a month or $5,000 a month. And some do become, you know, six figure incomes or beyond. And I want to show those stories too, because I want people to understand what really is possible, you know, through this. Right. Um, but you'll never really know unless you try, you know, right. if you have some idea, you know, there's, it's not like every story in the book is, uh, is about a, a blog, but just cause we were just talking about that. There's another story about this guy who starts a cruise blog, like answering questions about cruises. And that one does grow to something like $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Again, amazing. just, yeah. again, just through a very simple WordPress site, anybody can set this up. His skill is essentially, he was a copywriter by day. So he used the skill that he had to kind of distill this information and, and put it out. So yeah. I think what people don't understand, like you said, ideas, ideas are a dime a dozen, but some people struggle with understanding what skills they have can be applied in this way. Right. And that's something that's really they surprised overlooked me. Now I'm like, that's not a marketable skill. Yeah. So right. That's really surprised me actually. Cause I uh-huh. thought, I thought 80% of the people would have the second problem of like, I've got the ideas. I don't know what to do with them. But, uh, this year, I think just through all the interactions I've had, a lot of people are more in the first group. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. David, Step one. David and I were ta- on the blogging thing. David and I were talking the other day and he told me something I didn't know, which is that, uh, Maria Popova's brain picking site mm-hmm. started as a side hustle. Like she mm-hmm. was a copywriter at an ad agency, right? At yeah. an ad agency and was doing that. it as like a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then people were like, so into it that mm-hmm. it kind of blossomed from there and became her yeah. not so side hustle, exactly. but, but that's how it started. Right. right, right. I don't think she probably had any intention that this was sure. going to be the thing that was going to lead her leaving her job. And so when you don't have that intention, it's, I feel like it's a lot easier because you don't have that pressure. You don't right. feel like you're taking this huge risk. You're just doing something that you enjoy. And, um, but it's a unique hobby because it's a hobby that can potentially, you know, pay you money as well, but you're also not depending on it. So that's, that's key. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries, all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. When I was reading the book, I'm thinking like, do I need a, do I need a side hustle? This is my problem, Rich. Like, you know, yeah, this I, is my problem. Every day I tell these stories. I'm like, I want to do that too. Like I start looking, I'm like, can I like mine like, Bitcoin? Can I like, you know, I know. Well, it's seriously. funny. I got a lot of friends that are doing the Bitcoin thing and like, and it gets me, I'm like, should I be doing that? I know, like, I don't so know. Things, so. But then I'm like, now I'm like, I have my career and then I'm like, wait a minute. Like I just, what I do is just a collection of side hustles that yep. kind of cohere around mm-hmm. a central theme, but yeah. it's not any one thing that I do. I do, mm-hmm. I do a series of side hustles. And so, yeah. and I, and I, unlike yourself, like I came from the paycheck right. world, right. you know, and I, I made that leap and it, you know, it started with one side hustle that built into many and whatever, but, um, but you know, I know what it's like to collect that paycheck and I know like emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. what that feels like and kind of what that does to you. It, it creates like this sort of invisible force field that mm-hmm. makes doing something outside of that seem less accessible mm-hmm. just as a mental and emotional leap, uh, I think. So this being like a welcome mat and, a, uh, and, you know, and a roadmap and, you know, something that's accessible through the examples that you provide, I think is, 
is something that's going to really open people's mm. you know minds up to the possibility like oh it's just because it's baby steps right, right? right it's not yeah. about like conquer the world and like <laughs> you're gonna you know yeah. be the next you know whatever uber whatever it is exactly. you know so no it's meant to be relatable accessible i want people to get excited about it uh, and feel like they can do this you know they can mm-hmm. like i really have tried to design it for people who are super busy and don't have a ton of time um, but they want to also want to invest in themselves. You know, yeah. they also like, they like this idea. They're like, just show me how to do it. And maybe they've tried before and they failed. Maybe this is also like part of the frustration is like, they hear some of these stories like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, shall I try it? But then it doesn't work out for me. And then, you know, it's a little bit disappointing. And so trying to get people past that basically. And what do you think the biggest barrier is that people face in mm. that, like that trips them up? I think they don't necessarily know what to do next. I think that's a big thing. Um, I guess I just say in general in life, like knowing what to do next in whatever you're trying to accomplish is, is a pretty powerful thing, even if it's something huge, if it's Mm -hmm. something small. And so even for something like this kind of side hustle thing, starting your business, if you've never done it before, like there's so much conflicting information out there. Maybe that's another thing is talk to people who have like, Oh, I wanted to do this. And so I took an eight week class at a community college in entrepreneurship. And probably 80% of what I heard didn't really apply to me. Mm. It's not like it was wrong, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it was right for some people, but uh, I don't necessarily want to recruit investors and I don't necessarily want to write an 80 page business plan. Um, how do I don't even have the information that I would need to do such a thing. Cause I don't know, you know, how people are going to respond when I do something. Right. 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 And that, and then they slink back to their job and then mm-hmm. go down that shame spiral exactly. again because I'm not that kind of person. And, one, yeah. and I think one of the things you talk about <clears throat> also is like you don't have to be some you know uh charismatic outgoing personality (laughs) like you can be a bookish quiet introverted person and find the side hustle that meets that you know Mm -hmm. personality niche yep um that you can serve absolutely i mean a lot of my community identify as introverts i certainly do um, You're the most extroverted introvert that I know, though. No, it's all, it's just a skill. It's not a personality. But when you, no, not at all. I'm I not said this to you at, at WDS. When you, were on, when you were on stage, you're so comfortable and so well spoken and articulate. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so you saying you, that. But first of all, I've had some practice, like doing yeah, it over and over again. And second, like most introverts would probably know, is like it's not so much like how you can behave in social groups. It's like, where do you get your energy from? Mm -hmm. And so like I do an event like this, like we're here tonight, it's going to be a lot of people. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. I'll be nervous before that's fine. You just do it afterwards. I'm going to go back to my hotel and be by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, people often invite me to stay like, Oh, you want to stay in my couch? Like, no, I can't do that. Like, I'm like that though. I mean, I, I relate to that. You know, I need my, I mean like a lot of the training and all that, I mean, I need that quiet time. Like I need to, it takes a long time for me to recharge my battery. And when Mm -hmm. I do, if I was doing an event like this, like even if it's, it's almost harder when it's less people than it is with a big event. That's true. That's true. And it's very emotionally draining, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, my like, uh, you know, rebound period is usually pretty long. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I could do it every day, like on a book tour like that. Cause it, Mm -hmm. it, it it emotionally takes it out and it it takes a lot of energy to get up in front Mm -hmm. of people and muster that, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's like a, um, diminishing costs kind of thing to me. It actually is easier in some ways to do it like night after night. Right. Because at least once I settle in, yeah, at least once I settle in, I kind of know what to expect. I know what to do. 
Um, you know, I'm giving the same talk for the most part, which is actually beneficial because after a while it really is kind of like in my head and I don't have to think about the words. I can think a lot more about connecting with the audience, mm-hmm. which is always your goal as a speaker. But to be totally honest, if I'm speaking about something I've never spoken about before, I'm always thinking like, what's the next thing? What's coming yeah. up? You know, right. Um, so it actually becomes a lot easier for me the, the more often I do it. Gotcha. So I was with your friend Gretchen Rubin two yeah. days ago. Oh, great. I did a podcast with her. Uh-huh. I never met her before. Oh, I mean, I know sweet. you guys are close, yeah. but yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, she's like, great. super cool. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, we're talking about the four tendencies. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and, and we got along smashingly because I'm an upholder, you uh-huh. know? And so. Oh, interesting. I was going to ask. Okay. We, yeah. So are you, an, what are you? Are you I, what? Apparently, I'm a rebel. You're a rebel. Yeah. That Which I initially, you know, wow. argued with her about, but then apparently she said every rebel argues with, with her, you know, about that description. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I guess so. Well, I said to her, I was like, I bet every rebel is super glad that they're a rebel. And she's like, no, that's actually not true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I read the descriptions. I was like, I want to be like more of a questioner, I think. But uh, yeah, no, I think so. So why do you, what is it about you that makes you a rebel? And how does that play into how you, how you live your life and pursue your work? So, you know, according to her model, a rebel is someone who resists uh, both inner and outer expectations. Mm -hmm. And that was my stumbling block with it for a little while, because I was like, well, outer expectations, absolutely. But, uh, you know, inner expectations, I'm pretty disciplined. Like I like uphold, you know, what I believe in. And she said, well, that's exactly it. If you believe in it you know, you will absolutely like adhere to it. But if you don't believe in it, even if it's your inner expectation, it's going to be very difficult for you. Right. And you're not, you're not doing it because somebody told you that's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it actually made a lot of sense to me because I can look and see like when I have my own struggles about things I commit to do that I struggle with, like I realize like, why did I commit to this in the first place? And I kind of can trace it back. And I'm like, somewhere in this process, I committed to it because uh, you know, I thought that I should basically, uh-huh. or it seemed like a good idea, but I wasn't really into it, but I was like, okay, I'll try it. And that wasn't, wasn't a good idea. Right. So I think the trick is, uh, you know, to find, find the things that you're good at, find those like that limited sphere of things that you're good at. That you're also really excited about. And in terms of career stuff, hopefully that also has some impact on other people mm-hmm. and then just do more of that. And how do you balance the forward facing, you know, Chris, the, the WDS guy and the hundred city tour guy with mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the more, um, introverted guy who likes to travel alone and mm-hmm. write books. Well, I'm like, still traveling those, alone. I'm right. still spending a lot of time by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and do you write, do you, are you writing all the time or do you pick your times? So like, okay, now I'm mm-hmm. going into a writing phase or how does that practice look for you? Yeah. If I'm writing a book, then I have more of a writing phase. You know, and it's a few months and I'm, I'm still doing other stuff during that time, but I'm not really doing like hundred city tours, right. you know, during that time. The the podcast has really changed a lot of stuff for me, which is something new since we yeah, talked last. I want to talk about that. I think mm. when we got together the first time you were in the process of completing it or uh, working on it and you hadn't, I don't I don't think you had announced it yet, but we talked about it yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unbelievable, man. You've got like... <sighs> over 3 million dollars what are you getting like t- millions of downloads a month something and stuff like, like that. that yeah i don't know i don't a podcast every single day that's the secret though right i'm gonna podcast every day you well, get more downloads a month right know? i know but still like <laughs> i mean it it breaks my ass to put out one episode a week and sometimes two i can't imagine the 
amount of work and the structure that has to go into putting one up every single day. Like, first of all, like, how did you, how did you do this? You know? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we can go back to how I, how I do it, but, uh, the format is very different, right? I mean, yeah. you have these very long form conversations. There's a lot of production that goes into it, uh, but there's no, there's no, there's no journalistic, you know, scouring the earth to find, you know, 365 sure, sure. people that to, to talk to. Yeah, but you know, at this point, they're kind of coming to to me. At least a lot of them are. We mm-hmm. still have to follow up quite a bit with them, but uh, we have like an intake form where people nominate themselves to be featured. Um, so there's a process for that. But to go back to, to like how it started, you know, I was thinking last summer. I was like, okay, I think I should probably start a podcast. Which is funny because if you'd asked me like three years ago, when did you start your podcast? Was it three or four years ago? Uh, it was four years ago. Yeah, if you'd yeah. asked me four years ago, no, almost five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible futurist because I would have said like. I wouldn't say it's a mistake, so you do whatever you want to do, but I would say like podcasts are kind of on the way out, you know, uh-huh. that's what I would have said. Yeah. So famous last well, words. It, it was touch and go there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they kind of came out and then no one really thought it was going to be anything. And it was kind of just a tepid thing for a long period of time. So there was yeah. no indication that it's not like, you know, people knew what they were and right. it just wasn't growing. Right. You know? So, yeah. So I, I still thought I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm at least five years late, you know, to this party, if not, if not more, you know, and so what can I do that's different? And also to be very candid, the idea of speaking with people, like doing these kind of interviews really stressed me out. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mind being interviewed. I like this conversation. And I feel like since I have a relationship with you, I could maybe flip it. But the idea of just meeting strangers all the time and kind of, I just, I would hate that basically myself. And so I was like, I need a different format. So I'm going to do no guests. It's just going to be me. Um, it's going to be short because I'm designing this program for, you know, busy people. Um, every day I'm going to tell a story, different story of somebody who, you know, starts a side hustle without quitting their day job. How did they do it? How they get the idea? What happened along the way? What challenges did they face? Mm-hmm. What was the outcome? How much money did they make, et cetera? Try to be really specific, nuts and bolts. And, uh, and then the last point was, okay, I'm going to do this every single day. And here's the funny thing. The more I thought about that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. It's like the 100 city tour, like going yeah. to every country in the world. It's very similar to that. But it, 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 it really attracted me. I honestly don't think I would have been nearly as interested in this idea if I didn't do it this way. It's, it, you set yourself up for a challenge for sure. I liked it. Right? Yeah. I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's the way to do it. And uh, funny story, like I, I do the podcast with, uh, with a network. They're basically mm-hmm. like the publisher of the podcast. And, uh, Panoply? Yeah. Yeah, Panoply. yeah. Yeah. Same with Gretchen. Right. Same mm-hmm. as Gretchen's. And, uh, we had like three conference calls last summer to talk about, you know, all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the third one, it was like, we'd had like 45 minutes, you know, times three calls. The guy who makes the decisions, uh, he was like, it's like, okay, let me get this, let me get this through my head because I still don't, you know, don't quite get it. You want to do this every day, like five days a week. And I was like, five days a week. <laughs> Are there only five days in your week? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, every day, like seven days a week. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I had no idea, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, seven days a week, right? right? Seven days a week, no exceptions. No and breaks. he's like, "This guy has no idea, you know, like what that in- what that's yeah. going to entail." Yeah, and I'm sure you didn't. So no, I didn't. Did no, create- I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So how did you create a system uh-huh. that allows you to do that and still mm. go on hundred city tours and uh-huh. you know do all the other things that you do? Yeah. Well, we're recording this in sep- your life. We're recording this in September, and so I started in January. So I've had a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. To, to kind of get more of a process in the But beginning. when you launched, how many did you have in the can? Mm-hmm. Like how many? Like five. Oh. <laughs> I just assumed you had like half of them done already. People, no, that's so funny. People have said that on, on some of my events. They're like, I, I thought you had recorded like all 365. Right. 
Like, no, I had five completed. Oh my God. I had five done and maybe wow. another five to 10 identified that I knew what I was going to do. It just hadn't happened yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's very much a real time thing. Wow. It's not real time. Like it's not like I'm literally recording each day and it goes out that same day, but it's pretty close. I mean, it's like a seven mm-hmm. day, I've got like a seven day you know, backlog, no more than that. Wow. Yeah. I like so, that actually. I think it's better because I want to have more of a backlog, but I don't want to have too much because I feel like it loses like the kind of an element of the organic. Right. Nature. I understand that. Yeah. I've had that situation where I've done interviews and then I have a, you know, a glut of like backlog stuff and it takes a long time like that my most recent episode was like that and i, I felt mm. really bad it just felt weird to like put something up that had been sitting around for a long time right, even right. though it's totally fine or whatever yeah, it's just me right. but um yeah no. wow so <laughs> there were so, a couple of days early on i think it was in maybe january february before i got better at it and i have a wonderful assistant named whitney and she really helps me a ton uh-huh. with the process of a lot of things um but i think before we kind of really found a rhythm there were a couple of times when it was like I'm recording the episode for tomorrow at the end of the day and I'm, you know, I'm on the West coast, so I'm sending it to New York, uh, for them to produce it over there. So they're mm-hmm. getting it at like eight, eight o'clock in the evening and it goes up the next day. So that kind of, that was kind of stressful. Yeah. I would imagine <laughs> like, you're like, okay, I got, I'm getting on a plane. If it's uh-huh. delayed, then I'm going to be, and then I've got to get there. Yeah. yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. a, that's a lot of stress to carry around. A lot of yeah. responsibility. Also the technology. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not like an AV guy. I had to learn like mm-hmm. how that whole stuff works. And... All right. I'm fascinated by this. So like <laughs> you have, you must have like a, obviously you have a travel kit yeah. thing uh-huh. that you, and mm-hmm. you're just doing this in hotel rooms yep. and then uploading it to your producer wherever she is in New York. And uh-huh. They just edit it and put it up and that's yep. your relationship with it. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Right. And they do, they do a really wonderful job too. Like I have to give them credit because I don't do like the music right. and the right, mix right, and all right. that stuff. Of course. You know, for sure. Of course. Yeah. So, so these things are just constantly being sourced and you're, oh my God. We also so have that's also been day. another challenge. That's been another challenge yeah. too, because, um, this is something that I would like to have a lot more stories in the queue. Uh-huh. Uh, so if there's any listeners who have a side hustle, we'd love to be featured, um, on the side hustle website, there's an intake form on the about page. You scroll down, it's like, submit your story. I actually love to feature, you know, folks for folks from this community. Um, because in the, in the beginning, like I, I knew like the first month or so, because I, I know so many people. And I, as I thought right. about this from like June of last year, all the way to January, I, I had, had a bunch of folks identified, but then, then after that, like after I run out of my like a list, you know, at a certain point I knew that the show had to carry itself in terms uh-huh. of bringing new people in. So there were some times when, you know, I like to be again, very honest with you and your listeners, I think out of 263 episodes so far, there's definitely a few of them that I'm like, I really wish we hadn't done that one. Well, of course you, know? you can't, it's like being, you know, if you're Johnny Carson, you know, it's like not every night, you're not going to hit it out of the park every night with the guests that you want to talk to. Like right. it just doesn't work that way. If you're yeah. going to do that kind of volume, you right. know, so. Yeah, but I want to increase the, the quality. Charity. I think that's my right. goal is to increase the quality. And, I, and if I have more to choose from, then I can be more selective, mm-hmm. which is what I would like to be. Like I want, I want every store to be great. I want every, I want people to listen to each one and like my goal isn't for them to listen to each story and for every time to say like, I want to do that thing. Yeah. My goal is that they really will learn something each time or that each story will spark something in a different way. And that's what I hope. And so. it's also like a daily reminder that mm. it's doable. You know, it's empowering mm. to hear these stories. And if you just, you know, even if you're, you have to listen to, you know, 10 in a row or whatever mm. over the por- course of a couple of weeks, like you, 
it just kind of percolates in, in the consciousness. And then eventually you, you, cause it's t- a lot of these things are timing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like people just, they're interested in it, but like the stars aren't aligned for them to actually make that decision. Mm-hmm. And that's a very individuated yeah. kind of thing. Totally right. Totally agree. And, but the more, listen, the more, the more, yeah, everybody who's listening, like send it in, like, cause if you get to. tons of stuff, then I, I, w- I can help reduce your stress a little well, that's bit. That's nice. And then also I mean? we could feature some great stories. From your <laughs> yeah, community, you know, of course, I, man. Actually make, makes me happy because now that the, the podcast has had some traction. It's really good for the people who are featured on the show, at least sometimes. Like I never want to promise like, oh, you're going to get a bunch of, you know, new customers or whatever. But um, there have been some good stories of, yeah. you know, people that have, that have been helped through it. So, well, and, you know, my podcast started as a, it definitely was a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I did it for a long time before it generated any revenue. I just did it because I loved it. Yeah. I would have done it anyway. And yep. I, maybe I'd still be doing it if it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, making any money. It's become right. more of a professional thing. But it certainly right. didn't start like that. It started because it sounded cool and I was a mm-hmm. fan of the medium, yep. Yep. you know, and I felt like I could, you know, have a voice in it. And now five years later. And then, you, you know, know, still doing it. Right. Like, but I would have never foreseen that it would be, mm. you know, it would take up the amount of time that it, that it would sure. be kind of like the tip of the spear of all the other things that right, I did. Right. But you've also been, raised the bar as you've gone along and you learn and, you know. Of course, so, right. you know, I look back and I, I can't, I never listen to anything that I've done. I would know, never I read my yeah. early blog post. I would no, never, right. you know, never go back. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, read your first blog post, yeah, right? The same but thing. But it's a good lesson for listeners perhaps because when they look at successful people mm-hmm. and they're trying to do something similar, like start the podcast or write the book or whatever, I always tell them like, don't do it with me because my early stuff is terrible, but like go, go back to somebody you admire and like actually like see where they started. Listen to that first podcast episode right. and read those first few entries on the blog and it's probably not going to be that great. Yeah. And that's good because it's relatable or at least, at least you can see if it, maybe it's great, but you can see how they evolved. You can see like the, the path that they went on and you, you're, there's definitely going to be a trajectory there. And I think that, that's helpful. To yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It would be interesting to talk a little bit about, um, you know, cause it's in the context of, of, of the side hustle uh, the evolution of the digital space. Hmm. You know, you're somebody who began, I mean, you kind of began as a travel blogger, you Mm -hmm. know, it was the early days of blogging. And then there was that moment in time where there were blogger superstars and, you know, you had your Seth Godin's and, you know, all these people that were getting massive, you know, readerships and that kind of, uh, you know, elevated these people into becoming cultural influencers. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, these things are always changing, right? Mm-hmm. Social media kind of shifts that. Right. When I look at the blogosphere now, it's it's very different, right? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's any big bloggers that have the same level of readership that they had during that period of time mm-hmm. because the way that we consume content is different. It's, right. it's not really about driving people to your website anymore. Right. It's about going where people are. Exactly. And, right. you know, in many ways, podcasting has supplanted you know, part of that blogosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you see all these people vlogging and mm-hmm. like, you know, who knows what's going to come next with mm-hmm. this and, and the way the habits with which we, um, you know, consume this content are, are changing. And at the same time, there's so much of it mm-hmm. that we, by our very nature, have to be more discerning about, okay, what did, what we, we have a limited amount of time. What right. are we going to consume? And right. as somebody who is a, you know, an author in a very traditional, you know, mm-hmm. way with right. you know, publishing books, yep. but also somebody who, who, you know, has all these side hustles and is a podcaster and, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> and, and a blogger and all of that. Like, how do you look at that and how sure. do you forecast and think about, um, like, do you, are you paying attention to what other people, are you looking for like, mm-hmm. what, how do you, we respond to the marketplace in that mm-hmm. way? Cause I'm always trying to like, just 
I'm not, it doesn't necessarily modify my behavior, but I'm mm. just interested in kind of paying attention to how these things continue to change and evolve. Yeah. I don't know if I do forward cast very well, because like I said, you know, I started my podcast, you know, what, six months ago. But I would I'm, say, yeah, but you, you think of that as being late to the party, yeah, but I, I look at that and going, you made the choice at the right time. You know what I mean? It would have been, you I could have started so. a long time ago. Yeah. You would have been an early, guess, more of know. an early adopter, but the audience wouldn't have been there. I mean, when I started my blog, uh, what, eight years ago or something now, I thought I was late then because mm-hmm. I looked around and there were lots of other, and Gretchen's actually one of them. Gretchen had been doing this thing for a while. And I'm like, wow, you know, like should have done this two years ago. Um, so I guess the, you know, the right time to start is now is always the, the classic lesson. But as for, um, you know, the content saturation, I think content saturation is probably the biggest problem. Yeah. It's not just the shifting medium, um, the shifting medium, like there's always going to be new mediums, as you said, but the problem is the old mediums don't completely go away. So yes, blogs have diminished in influence, but they're still out there and, uh, you know, now you have so many different social networks and platforms and ways for people to get all kinds of things. So you're not just competing against other blogs or other podcasts or whatever. It's, it's Netflix and mm-hmm. everything else that's out there. Right. right. That's what's, that's, what's hard, I think. Right. And so you don't, you don't really think about how that impacts what you do. You just, you just stay steady on like whatever you're for better or worse, Rich. Yeah. yeah. For better or worse. I, no, it's good to hear. I, I know like, what I know. I do what I too. Do, you know, but, uh, you know what I mean? And like, I, I'm like, I don't want to be... are, There's other people that are smarter than me, no doubt. And they're like, <laughs> you know, figured out the next big thing. But uh-huh. this is, that's kind of like where we started about like, why are you doing these hundred city tours? And I'm like, it's because it's what I got. It's what I know how to do. Yeah. You know, but it's fun it's for mine. you. It is. You would choose to do that anyway. Course, I would imagine. I would, this is yeah. your, this is your wanderlust. Yeah. As long right? as, as long as people, as long as it makes sense it has to to make some degree of sense not just commercially but in terms of impact and um like if nobody came out to the events i think that would be kind of depressing right so yeah <laughs> so i do want people to come I out had events like that i've had some before yeah. in the past for sure of uh-huh. course that's how you get started you know right of course that, that, that first tour i mean uh, the first tour was really interesting because back to back and when you do all 50 states you don't really go in like ascending order, you know, from like smallest to biggest, or you go in like a geographical order. Mm-hmm. And so I would like have these back to back events where, you know, it would be like Los Angeles, you know, and like, I don't know, hundred, 200 people or something would be there. And I'm like, wow, I'm a superstar. And then the next day I'd go to Reno, you know, there'd be like uh-huh. 12 people yeah. there. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. and I'm sitting there like five minutes, you know, before the start time. And I'm like looking at, you know, looking <laughs> at the like, chairs. What am I doing yeah, here? I'm like, is it actually gonna cost me a lot of money to get here. I know, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Right. So it was, it was a good little lesson in humility. Yeah. 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 I like that you're still doing it, that you didn't decide that you had graduated from that. There's a, I think there's a humility in that. Yeah. You I know? think it's, I think it's important for me. That's all I know is like, I, for me, for me, it's what I should be doing and mm-hmm. I do look forward to it and I get frustrated when I don't do it like as well as I want to or whatever, but I do think it's it's something that's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. And when you develop you, these new, like with each book, you have to develop a new presentation, mm-hmm. a new talk. Like, what is your process for doing that? Do you look in the mirror and rehearse it? Like, I do. I mean, I rehearse work? quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's not like improvised. You know, it's always funny. Sometimes people come up at like the forty second stop of the tour, and they're like, "Did you write that talk just for tonight?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I write an original one every night. You know, every <laughs> single night, I'm like, you know, three right. hours. You know, what am I with my speechwriter that <laughs> exactly. travels with me? Exactly." Um, what the, what's the process? Well, most of them come out of the book, right? So I feel like I have this natural extension, like what is the message of the book? What am I trying to share with the book? And, and I write prescriptive nonfiction in the sense that like, I'm not just trying to document something. Like I, I am putting forward an agenda. Like I definitely want to challenge people's thoughts and like provide them some kind of 
you know, something to go away with. Basically, mm-hmm. like I want them to take action. I don't necessarily need to agree with me all the time, but like I want them to know, like, here's my manifesto. So if I start with a manifesto, then it's like, how do I translate that, you know, to about a 25 minute talk, right. basically. And so I'm not even sure that you articulated the manifesto of this book. The manifesto of this book is that you need a side hustle. You need more than one source of income, uh, even if you love your job. And uh, it's not that hard to do it. Like there's a process. And if you've tried to do it before and you failed, like, well, I've failed at lots of things, um, but you should try again. Mm-hmm. And don't have, you don't have to spend a lot of money doing it either. Right? You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to go out and acquire a ton of new skills. If you're not an app developer, don't try to develop an app. Let's figure out what you're, what you're good at and find a way to translate that into something. I know that you started dozens of these side hustles. What are some of the some of the ones that worked and some of the ones that didn't? Yeah, my whole life, like you said, has uh, been side hustles. And um, I mean, I started you know twenty years ago. Now I'm mm-hmm. almost forty, and um, I started with like importing coffee from Jamaica and resold it uh, on eBay, you know, to the U.S. And I learned how to do that because I saw these people selling coffee for like. $18 a pound or whatever. I'm like, where do they get that from? And I tra- tracked down the distributor. I'm like, they get it for like $11. Huh, if I buy this and sell, you know, and once I started doing that, it was just, I love the creativity of it. Like I was really attracted to that, um, that kind of thinking and process. So let's see over, over the course of a long time. Um, I mean, these days pretty much everything is kind of associated with my career one way or another, mm-hmm. but I, I once, uh, I once tried to have this golf membership business and I, and I hate golf. Right. Which is a good first kind of, you know, sign that it wasn't the smartest. Thing. I don't want to say I hate it. I just don't like it. I just don't care. I have no opinion on golf. And unlike but, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. You listen to his no, I don't. Is he, oh, is he he really into- in revisionist history, he did a whole thing about how much he hates golf. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just neutral on golf. But anyway, I had this idea and, uh, and I forget exactly how it went, but it involved, it was basically like selling this golf membership for, for a dollar. And there wasn't really any back into it. There wasn't really an upsell to it. And I remember sitting with the, the web designer at the time. This is like 15 years ago. And sitting with the guy who was building the website. And he was like, Chris, how are you going to make money on like a dollar a customer? And I was like, just build the website. You know, what do you, what do you know? I mean, I don't say it like that, but I'm uh-huh. just, you know, I don't, I got a plan, you know, I didn't really have a plan. So it didn't really go that, that well, well. But you, but hold on a second. <laughs> like, I don't even understand how that works from a, foundational point of view the idea was i think oh, there's a little bit more so there was like i mean this is going way back i haven't thought right. about this much but there was like a catalog of courses where you got like two for one green fees or something and so uh, my business model was like the selling the membership for a dollar and then i think to redeem it you had to pay 14 dollars or something so i guess there was a little bit of back end but it was still very very little compared to the cost of you know acquiring a customer or whatever so which right. is some idea that I thought was yeah, a good idea at the it, time. It didn't and, work out. Right. You know, then. I mean, it's not that exciting of a story, but it, that's most of the stories that didn't work out are not that exciting. Right. You know? And do you think of, like, do you think of what you do now as a collection of side hustles also? Like, do you, or do you just, are you, you consider yourself like a writer who does other things or an author? Or yeah. Like, I mean, I guess these days it's kind of an integrated, cohesive mm-hmm. thing, like you said about your stuff. Like, I, I do see myself first and foremost as a writer. I don't write books as a, as like a funnel for something else. Right. You know, I don't, it's not like a, you know, this is my secret to get people into my yeah. world and then I'm going to sell you a thousand dollar program or something like get stuck in some <laughs> infusion soft, no, you know, yeah, exactly, Hades that exactly. you can't escape from. Yeah. I mean, some people, I mean, yeah, if, if it, if it works for people, that's fine, but it's not, that's not me. So right. no, I, first and foremost, I'm an author and, uh, and I'm actually trying to, to start fewer side hustles these days just because I don't feel like I always do a good job with what's in front of me. And I'm trying to like, not really stay in my lane because that sounds restrictive, but like a more positive way of thinking of it is like, 
what is the work that has been given to me? You know, like by the universe, by God, by me seeking it out, whatever you think of it as like, what, what is in front of me that I can do? Like, I do have this influence. It is kind of rare. How can I use that well? And so for me, it's probably not the smartest thing to like mine Bitcoin right. or to right, write right, the blog right. about fish tanks or whatever. But I, like I said, I do, when I work on this stuff, I, there are lots of times that I'm like, oh, I really wish I could do that. I wish uh -huh. I could have like 20 extra hours, you know, even 10 extra hours a week to just, because I love the creative process of that kind of thing, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have that time right now. Do you think you're going to continue the podcast for another year or is it this going to be a one year thing? Are you going to keep going? What do you think I should do? Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. Then you should keep going. Great. You know, I will. All right, good. I'm glad you made that decision right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks Rich. Yeah. Well, I think you've set it up in a way. I mean, the, the longer you do it, the easier it gets. It mm. becomes more like rote for you, I think. And, and then the challenge becomes maintaining your enthusiasm uh -huh. for it because then it right. just becomes like, oh, I got to do this thing, right. you know, blah, blah. Oh, here's the submission. I'll just like write this thing up and, and say it, you know, mm. and be done with it. Right. So right. I think you do it as long as you can, yeah. you, you're, you're sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and not just, just because you've made this commitment. To totally agree. Or whatever. Yeah. I think the right time to leave, you know, like I feel like I have the best job in the world in lots of different ways and the right time to leave the best job in the world and whatever, you know, outlet it is, is like right before you get tired of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because and I think that's the role I've set up for myself. Like I still love it and I look forward to the, you know, and I get, I get nervous before, you know, it's like, it takes, yeah. it's, yep. it's, uh, this is actually the second podcast that I've done today. Okay. Oh. And that never happened. Like mm -hmm. I never do more than one in a day because oh. it does take a lot of energy. It's just because you were only here for a day. I was like, yeah, I didn't well, thank you for making time for me. I appreciate it. it. Thank you. No, no. Nice I mean, I didn't, there was no way this wasn't going to happen. Oh, so, that's awesome, man. um, but as long as it, as long as I can approach these conversations with that enthusiasm, I'm looking forward to it, then, you know, I'll keep doing it. But the minute I, it, I start to dread it or anything like that, like it's time to do something else. Agreed, totally. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, cool. Well, we have like the, the event's going to start pretty soon, right? Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little, let's leave some people with some actionable mm -hmm. sort of steps that they can take. Um, I think there, you know, there's a lot of people that listen okay to this podcast who are in jobs and many mm -hmm. of them like their jobs and many of them are dissatisfied in, in cubicles that they wish they could figure out some way to reach escape velocity. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, you know, how can they, how can they get off the dime and okay. start thinking about like how they can bring the side hustle into their experience? Great. So we spent a lot of time talking about ideas. Let's maybe go to the next stage and say, okay, you've, you've got an idea. What's like a practical thing that you can, can do. Uh, most people, when they do this for the first time, their idea is not that specific, um, or their idea is certainly not an offer. And so I encourage people to take their idea and translate it or transform it into an offer as quickly as possible. So an offer has a promise, which is like the benefit, like how are you going to change the world or at least change this one person's life with what you're offering. And then a pitch basically like, how are you, you know, what is, is it copy that you're writing? Is it some like way for them to sign up and then a price? So people don't buy ideas, they buy offers. So mm -hmm. the, the kind of the takeaway is like, once you have your, your little business idea, whatever it is, um, what exactly are you going to offer people? Like, how are they going to sign up? What are they going to pay for it? Making those kind of decisions. And there's a process to do that in the book, but mm -hmm. even without the book, you can just start thinking that way. And uh, I feel that that's, that's helpful because it's more concrete. Mm -hmm. And then you have this, uh, this thing about, um, you know, testing it out, like pr proofing it or whatever, mm -hmm. like working out the kinks and, and you have the thing about like, you know, ask 10 people for mm -hmm. advice or, you know, uh, you know, broaden your horizon. Mm -hmm. Don't try to just do this, you know, in isolation. Yeah. 
And then this idea of like, look, you have to be on some level, you got to be a marketer and an advertiser, right? And you have sure. this idea of like, you know, channeling your inner Girl Scout. Right. So, Sell like a Girl Scout. Yeah. Is in so the like, book. tell me what you, what you mean by that. <laughs> Sell like a Girl Scout. I, just, I was thinking about this because, um, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon, and it's probably the same in lots of other cities too. But, you know, in Portland, I walk down the street and they have these street canvassers that are always like pitching for various causes. And they're, they're pitching for causes that are often good causes that, you know, I might believe in. Mm-hmm. But it also does feel kind of annoying, you know. Right. It feels like you feel like you feel like you're accosted, and they have all these psychological tricks to get you to talk to them, right? And that's like the salesmanship. And meanwhile, you can go, you know, in the spring out in front of the drugstore or anywhere else, and the Girl Scouts are out there selling cookies, and everybody's buying them, right? Like people are lined up to buy them, and the pitch is really simple, like. Buy, you want to buy my Girl Scout cookies? Okay, you know, here's five dollars a box. Here's <laughs> yeah. twenty bucks. You know, uh-huh. right? Um, so, what are the Girl Scouts doing differently? You know, from the street canvassers, essentially, like they figured out the right products, like they've been in the right place. You know, they're they're fi- finding people that are already interested in it rather than kind of trying to, you know, nail people mm-hmm. down. So, there's something about that in there. Or make and, you feel bad about it. Yeah, exactly. Yourself, guilt. Right? It's marketing by guilt. Yeah. And so, when you said like you have to be a marketer, I think that's true. But I think people sometimes shy away from it because they think, oh, I'm going to be like that street canvasser yeah. when really just marketing is, uh, marketing is connecting with people, right? It's connecting mm-hmm. with the right kind of people. It's why you can be an introvert and have a side hustle because you're not like the street canvassers. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like the, you're like the Girl Scouts. People want to come to you. Right. I think also, uh, you know, we live in a time where, where these tools are available to, I mean, when I, when I was a kid, like we couldn't, like, if you want to start a business, it was like, a, what are you going to go to the yeah. small, better business, bureau, right, right, small right. business association yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, now uh-huh. you can get Squarespace yep. or, you know, these mm-hmm. tools that yep, yep. Like, you don't really need to know that. I mean, you got to like have enough of a, a, you know, desire to research these things and learn a little bit, but yeah. like, but that's you know, knowledge that anyone can acquire. Yeah. That's like the thing. anything, it's not specialized exactly. knowledge. Yeah. And there's a YouTube video for any question that yep. you would want answered about whatever right. it is that you're facing. I have a lot of stories about people who have started their side hustle, but learning how to do something by watching YouTube. Like uh-huh. there's one I'll, I'll tell tonight. It's actually, I don't know if it's in the book or not. I forget, but a uh, guy who makes candles and he's actually doing like $2,000 a month on Amazon, like completely passively. Uh, well, he has to make the candles, but then the sales are passive, right? right? And he learned how to make candles by Googling how to make candles on YouTube. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, I started this podcast by Googling how do you start a podcast? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like, how do you, okay, so like, I understand you have to record your voice, right. but then like, right. how does that end up on iTunes? You know, right. like, it's magic, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So I Googled it and then Pat Flynn had this series of That's videos, so like literally he had, I think five or six videos that took you from beginning to end. Like, here's awesome. the mic you get, here's the wire you need it, and here's the mm-hmm. thing you, here's how you work it and here's here's the you know step by step how you get it and i was like and i just followed that exactly the way he said it like had that had that tool not mm-hmm. existed there yep. maybe i would have just felt like the barrier was too impenetrable mm-hmm. and just never have done it right you know so yeah, information is accessible yeah. the tools are much easier than they've ever been uh more people are online now than ever so you have more access to customers and more people are used to buying things online also Right. That's true. There's less less skepticism than there used to be. Like my grandma has a PayPal account now, right. and I was like, okay, I know that you know this is officially kind of jump the shark. If my grandma is like buying things on PayPal, right? <laughs> What's your favorite story of all the submissions that you've gotten or the people that you've spoken to? About oh, I this? don't know. I don't know if I have a single favorite story. That's always well, good. You give yeah. me one. I know I should get better at that question, right? Um, well, we were just talking about YouTube, so here's another one. There's a there's a woman who is is helping people pass citizenship courses 
um, by providing this teaching through YouTube tutorials. So she's actually producing this content. She's doing like voiceover and like, you know, teaching people like, here's how to prepare for the citizenship test. Here's what you need to know. And there's mm -hmm. all these different sections. So she's built this whole like YouTube channel for it. Um, and she's actually doing really well. It's like $3,000 a month or something with it. The thing I like about it is it's a social good. She's basically like helping people, like in mm. some cases who might be disadvantaged or not have access to go to private tutoring or whatever. And uh, the way the money works is it's, it's like a YouTube advertising model, right? It's sponsorship. Mm -hmm. So the people who benefit from it aren't actually paying for it. Right. So they get access to this information for free. They get prepared. She's got all these great testimonials of people who have like passed the citizenship test and become U.S. citizens from her work, but they've paid nothing for it because of how this world you know, works. Right. So I like that one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like there's that. others too, but that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Give me one more, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, there's another woman who, um, and we're all on the same kind of thread line here, but just a little bit different uh, woman uh, who's a little bit older actually, and um, she does these online courses about baking bread. And so two years ago, she created a course about sourdough bread. She was really into baking bread; that was her thing. And she didn't know anything about how to use like technology, and she figured it out essentially. And uh, she also didn't have a lot of money before. And so this course two years ago uh, made $25,000. Mm. And then last year she like, you know, kind of really delved into it further and made like five more courses, all still about bread. And most of the, mostly about sourdough bread, in fact, like that's her niche. Like she's uh -huh. really into like the sourdough bread thing. So you have like extreme, that's a whole thing. extreme sourdough cool. and yeah. advanced sourdough. And uh, so she made $85,000 last year wow. from it. And that's like crazy. I said, she was a bit older and had never had money. And um, she actually had some trauma in her life and was on food stamps for a while, like true story. And uh, she was now able to pay put a down payment on her first home, that's, you know, in her mid sixties or whatever from that. Wow. Income. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. And as somebody who, who, you know, your life is invested in learning about, you know, business and entrepreneurship and, and self-actualization. This is what you spend most of your time thinking about and mm -hmm. writing about. And then you encounter these people who have these amazing stories. Like, what have you, like, what have you learned from them? Or mm -hmm. what have you, what, how have you changed how you look at this uh, as yeah. a result of those experiences? Yeah, I think for me, um, I guess maybe maybe for a time I kind of made light of some of these things, not consciously, but I think I was trying like, oh, to. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Like maybe like I want to be like more of a philosopher, like a thought leader or something. Oh, you know what okay, I mean? Like, I but actually, like there's a lot of beauty in this, and this actually is really affecting people's lives in a very positive way, and. I actually want to do more things like this, mm -hmm. right? And so I kind of go away. I also feel challenged personally because I think back about all the different projects I've started, started and it's fun to kind of be on the, the weeds of that, uh, at least through other people's stories in a way that I haven't been for a long time myself. Right. So, so is this uh, helping you think about what you're going to be writing next? We'll see. I kind of want to stay on this, this topic, uh, like broadly speaking, for, for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really enjoying this, especially if I do the podcast another year. You know, I'm, right. I'm going to have to do an extension of this. So I've got a hundred cities. I'm here in number two. So I have a little bit of time before I, you know, do something totally different. Right. I mean, have you thought about doing a bricks and mortar version of the side hustle school where there's actually sort of a, mm. an institutional version of that where people can come and, and learn in person? Uh, I did side hustle school workshops. I did about eight of them this year. Um, it's kind of like a little test model to uh -huh. see, like, do I want to continue this way or do something different? If I did it, it would be like a traveling model. Of course, right. it wouldn't just be like in one place. Um, and that's what I was doing. But now I'm kind of like shifting to the tour, which are mostly free yeah. events. Yeah. So I have to 
figure out where to go from from there. Yeah, I mean, you could do an online course as well, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. I and I think I think that's good. I yeah. think it's good. I think there's definitely a, people have expressed to me like over and over they want to connect with more people who are doing this, mm -hmm. and one of the things they need is support. And I don't always build good systems in the sense that people are emailing me all the time, which is fine. Like I, I'm honored to hear from my readers and listeners, but then it's really hard for me to like provide, you know, personalized coaching or consulting yeah, or responses to everybody. No, yeah, and so I feel like I, I need to, if I'm, if I'm truly going to, if I'm truly going to help like a population, so to speak, then I should spend some time creating a foundation or a structure that would then serve them better. So yeah, that, yeah. that can scale yeah. appropriately. We'll see. Chris Killebaugh, it's good talking to you, man. Virtual. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Awesome. So the new book is Side Hustle. You can find it wherever you uh, enjoy your literature. Please patronize independent bookstores when you can. Um, Chris Killebaugh is easy to find on the internet. Uh, at Chris Killebaugh. I, I like how you started to do Instagram stories. I'm recently. trying. I'm learning, I'm learning know, from man. you. That's good. I've I learned like so it. much from you. I chuckled. I the first all time your you're like, okay, so I'm going to be doing, because I'm oh doing this God. thing. I was laughing. Oh my I, was God, like, I was like, now I'm going to be embarrassed. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> I've learned so much from you. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to check out Chris, he's get, probably coming to a city near you. That's if right. In the United if you, li States, if you so, live in a city. Right. So wh how, where do they find the, uh, the schedule for where you're going to be? Yeah. Kind of it's stuff. actually going to be worldwide. It's, uh, oh, the worldwide, first, yeah. you know, 40 cities are us and Canada, mm -hmm. but then it's going to go worldwide. Sidehustleschool.com slash tour. Nice. There you go, man. Anything else you want to say? No, it's a big honor. Right. Thank you for it? the conversation and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having it with me, Chris. <laughs> All right, man, let's let's go have fun with these people out here, right? Rock and roll, sounds good. good. All right, peace. Thanks. All right, we did it. What do you guys think? Did you enjoy that? Did you figure out what your side hustle is yet? Do you know how to move forward and start bringing in some passive income into your life? No, that's okay. Check out Chris's latest book, Side Hustle from Idea to Income in 27 days. You can also find him online, chrisgillibo.com. And on Instagram, he's at 193countries. So give him a shout out. Let him know what you thought about the conversation. Tell him how much you enjoyed listening to him. And be sure to check out the video that David and I made behind the scenes of this episode. Again, it's called It Always Gets Done. It's on YouTube. My channel is youtube.com forward slash richroll. If you enjoy it, if you enjoy my other videos, please hit subscribe. I'm also, and again, I'm telling you this again, I have embedded it on the episode page for this episode at richroll.com, where you will also find copious show notes for this episode. Jason and I put in a lot of time into crafting and creating uh, basically a bibliography that goes with every episode of the podcast. Lots of things, uh, tons of information, links to everything relevant and pertinent to the conversation to help take your edification and infotainment beyond that ear hole. Uh, also, check out Chris's podcast at sidehustleschool.com. It's called Side Hustle. You can find it on iTunes as well. How's the eating going? How's the nutrition going? Look, my mission in life is to help you guys experience your version of what I have experienced, eating and living the way that I do. And everything that I do, books, podcasts, public speaking, my athletic endeavors, they're all designed to advance this purpose. And I know that you guys get it intellectually. And yet every day I get emails and messages from people telling me that they're still struggling with how to implement a plant-based diet, a plant-centric lifestyle. How do I eat more plants? What exactly do I do? What if I don't like this or that? What if I'm allergic to nuts? Where can I buy this stuff? And it is for all these reasons that we created our Plant Power Meal Planner, which is 
an incredibly powerful, robust, online, mobile-friendly resource tool that takes all the mystery and guesswork out of the whole affair at an incredibly affordable $1.90 a week, which is basically loose change. In exchange for that, check out what you get. Thousands of plant-based recipes. Thousands. You get unlimited meal plans. It creates grocery lists based on the recipes that you want to prepare. We now are metric system compliant. Everything is totally personalized and customized based on your goals and your food preferences and your allergies and your time constraints. We have an incredible customer support team that's available to you seven days a week. These are experts. These are people with graduate degrees. These are parents. These are athletes, people who are there for you to answer all of your questions, no matter how rudimentary. Uh, and we also have grocery delivery in 22 metropolitan areas, which is amazing. That way you don't even have to go to the store. You just type in, basically you just select the recipes that you want. The grocery lists are created and that food just gets automatically delivered to your front doorstep. It's amazing. Uh, I'm really proud of this program. I think it really provides you with all the tools and the resources that you need to step into this and make the healthy choice, the convenient choice, the affordable choice. To find out more, go to meals.ritual.com or click on Meal Planner at the top menu at ritual.com. If you'd like to support this show and my work, share it with your friends and on social media. You can leave a review on iTunes. That's great. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. And we have a Patreon set up for people who want to support uh, my work, what I do, both in the podcast and in other ways that I do what I do. Uh, and you can find that link to our Patreon account on any page at ritual.com. If you would like to receive a free short weekly email from me, I send out a newsletter every week called Roll Call, five or six things I came across over the course of the week. Sometimes I share this stuff on social media. Sometimes I don't. Basically, a couple articles, a documentary I watched, a product that I'm enjoying, no spam, no affiliate links. I'm not trying to make any money off this, just trying to provide you with helpful content. You can subscribe to this if you like at uh, richroll.com and any of those email capture windows. Um, that's it. I want to thank everybody who helped put on the show this week. Jason Camiolo for audio engineering, production, show notes, help with the WordPress page. Sean Patterson, he comes up with all these amazing graphics. I want to thank David Zamet for all the help that he's provided on the video front with what we're doing and theme music as always by Analemma. Have a great week, you guys. Start thinking about that side hustle. What are you going to do? Where are you going to exert that free time? Where are you going to invest that energy into creating greater ownership and purpose and meaning in your life? Put some thought into that this week, and I'll catch you guys here back next week with another awesome episode of the podcast. And until then, be well. Peace, plants, and namaste. Yay!